Do you love the American Constitution? We too. Please help letting this podcast survive in the current cancel culture. Amazon recently deleted our Peter Kanzler collection, probably for being too cheap. It was Locke, Hobbes and the US Constitution for only 15 bucks. Check out our Peter Kanzler at Barnes and Noble, Lulu or do a quick DuckDuckGo search to buy American collections that come at the lowest price possible to keep civil law great. That's P-E-T-E-R-K-A-N-Z-L-E-R. Featuring the original texts from Locke, Hobbes, Rousseau, the US Constitution, Machiavelli and many more always bound together in just one book. Thank you very much. This is a LibriVox.org recording by Ashwin Jain. The recording is in the public domain. Thus Spake Zarathustra by Frederick Nietzsche Translated by Thomas Common Part 4 Chapter 67 The Ugliest Man And again did Zarathustra's feet run through mountains and forests, and his eyes sought and sought, but nowhere was he to be seen whom they wanted to see, the solely distressed sufferer and crier. On the whole way, however, he rejoiced in his heart and was full of gratitude. What good things, said he, had this day given me as amends for its bad beginning, what strange interlocutors have I found? At their words will I now chew a long while, as a good corn, small shall my teeth grind and crush them until they flow like milk into my soul. When, however, the path again curved round a rock, all at once the landscape changed, and Zarathustra entered into a realm of death. Here bristled aloft black and red cliffs, without any grass, tree, or bird's voice, for it was a valley which all animals avoided, even the beasts of prey, except that a species of ugly, thick, green serpent came here to die when they became old. Therefore, the shepherds called this valley Serpent Death. Zarathustra, however, became absorbed in dark recollections, for it seemed to him as if he had once before stood in this valley, and much heaviness settled on his mind, so that he walked slowly and always more slowly, and at last stood still. Then, however, when he opened his eyes, he saw something sitting by the wayside, shaped like a man, and hardly like a man, something nondescript. And all at once there came over Zarathustra a great shame, because he had gazed on such a thing, blushing up to the very roots of his white hair. He turned aside his glance and raised his foot that he might leave this ill-starred place. Then, however, became the dead wilderness vocal, for from the ground a voice welled up, gurgling and rattling. As water guggleth and rattleth at night, through stopped-up water pipes, and at last it turned into human voice and human speech. It sounded thus: 
Zarthustra, Zarthustra, read my riddle. Say, say, what is the revenge on the witness? I entice the black. Here is smooth eyes. See to it, see to it. Did the pride do not hear break its legs? Thou thinkest thyself wise. Thou proud Zarathustra, read then the riddle. Thou hard nutcracker, the riddle that I am. Say then, who am I? When, however, Zarathustra had heard these words, what thing ye then took place in his soul? Pity overcame him, and he sank down all at once, like an oak that had long withstood many free fellows, heavily, suddenly, to the terror of even those who meant to fell it. But suddenly he got up again from the ground, and his countenance began stern. I know thee well, said he, with a brazen voice. Thou art the murderer of God. Let me go. Thou couldst not endure him who beheld thee, who ever beheld thee through and through, thou ugliest man. Thou tookest revenge on his witness. Thus spake Zarathustra, and was about to go, but the nondescript grasped at a corner of his garment and began anew to gurgle and seek for words. Stay, said he at last. Stay, do not pass by. I have divined what axe it was that struck thee to the ground. Hail to thee, O Zarathustra, that thou art again upon thy feet. Thou hast divined, I know it well, how the man feeleth who killed him, the murderer of God. Stay, sit down here beside me. It is not to no purpose. To whom would I go but unto thee? Stay, sit down. Do not, however, look at me. Honor this, mine ugliness. They persecute me. Now art thou my last refuge. Not with their hatred, not with the beliefs. Oh, such persecution would I mock at, and be proud and cheerful. Had not all succeeded hitherto been with the well-persecuted ones? And he who persecuteth well learneth readily to be obsequent. When once he is put behind, but it is their pity, their pity is it, from which I flee away and flee to thee. O Zarathustra, protect me, thou, my last refuge, thou sole one who divinedest me. Thou hast divined how the man feeleth who killed him. Stay, and if thou wilt go, Thou impatient one, go not the way that I came. That way is bad. Art thou angry with me because I have already racked language so long? Because I have already counseled thee? But know that it is I, the ugliest man, who have also the largest, heaviest feet. Where I have gone, the way is bad. I tread all paths to death and destruction. But that thou passest me 
by in silence that thou blushedest i saw it well thereby did i know thee as zarathustra everyone else would have thrown to me his arms his pity in look and speech but for that i am not beggar enough that didst thou divine for that i am too rich rich in what is great frightful ugliest most unutterable thy shame o zarathustra honored me with difficulty did i get out of the crowd of the pitiful that i might find the only one who at present teacheth that pity is obtrusive thyself o zarathustra whether it be the pity of a god or whether it be human pity it is offensive to modesty and unwillingness to help may be nobler than the virtue that rushes to do so that however namely pity is called virtue itself at present by all petty people they have no reverence for great misfortune great ugliness great failure beyond all these do i look as a dog looketh over the backs of thronging flocks of sheep they are petty good-willed good-willed grey people as the heron looketh contemptuously at shallow pools with backward bent head so do i look at the throng of grey little waves and wills and souls too long have we acknowledged them to be right those petty people so we have at last given them power as well and now prove it is that god is only what petty people call good and truth is at present what the preacher spake who himself sprang from them that singular saint and advocate of the petty people who testified of himself i am the truth that immodest one hath long made the petty people greatly puffed up he who taught no small error when he taught i am the truth hath an immodest one ever been answered more courteously thou however o zarathustra passedest him i and saidest nay nay three times nay thou warnest against his error thou warnest the first to do so against pity not everyone not none but thyself and thy type thou art ashamed of the shame of the great sufferer and verily when thou sayest from pity there cometh a heavy cloud take heed ye men when thou teachest all creators are hard all great love is beyond their pity of zarathustra how well versed dost thou seem to me in weather signs thou thyself however warn thyself also against that pity for many are on their way to thee many suffering doubting despairing drowning freezing ones 
I warn thee also against myself. Thou hast read my best, my worst riddle, myself, and what I have done. I know the acts that felleth thee. But he had to die. He looked with eyes which beheld everything. He beheld men's steps and dregs, all his ignominy and ugliness. His pity knew no modesty. He crept into my dirtiest corners. This most prying, over-intrusive, over-pitiful one had to die. He ever beheld me. On such a witness I would have revenge, or not live myself. That God who beheld everything, and also man, that God had to die. Man cannot endure it, that such a witness should live. Thus spake the ugliest man. Zatustra, however, got up, and prepared to go on, for he felt frozen to the very bowels. Thou nondescript, said he, thou warnest me against thy path. As thanks for it, I praise mine to thee. Behold, up thither is the cave of Zatistra. My cave is large and deep, and hath many corners. There findeth he that is most hidden, his hiding place. And close beside it, there are hundred lurking places and by-places for creeping, fluttering, and hopping creatures. Thou outcast, who hast cast thyself out, thou wilt not live amongst men and men's pity. Well then, do like me, thus wilt thou learn also from me. Only the doer learneth, and talk first and foremost to mine animals, the proudest animal and the wisest animal. They might well be the right counsellors for us both. Thus Pegdratushtra and went his way, more thoughtfully and slowly even than before, for he asked himself many things and hardly knew what to answer. How poor indeed is man, thought he in his heart. How ugly, how wheezy, how full of hidden shame. They tell me that man loveth himself. Ah, how great must that self-love be! How much contempt is opposed to it! Even this man hath loved himself, as yet despised himself. A great lover methinketh he is, and a great despiser. No one have I yet found who more thoroughly despised himself. Even that is elevation. Alas, was this perhaps the higher man whose cry I heard? I love the great despisers. Man is something that had to be surpassed. End of chapter 67 Recorded by Ashwin Jain Do you love the American Constitution? We too. Please help letting this podcast survive in the current cancel culture. Amazon recently deleted our Peter Kanzler collection, probably for being too cheap. It was Locke, Hobbes and the US Constitution for only 15 bucks. Check out our Peter Kanzler at Barnes and Noble 
Lulu or do a quick DuckDuckGo search to buy American collections that come at the lowest price possible to keep civil law great. That's P-E-T-E-R-K-A-N-Z-L-E-R. Featuring the original texts from Locke, Hobbes, Rousseau, the US Constitution, Machiavelli and many more always bound together in just one book. Thank you very much.